All right, Hebrews chapter number 11 and uh, verse number 6, all right, verse number 6, that's going to be where we launch out tonight on this lesson as we just going to summarize what we went through last week. So hopefully you have your pen ready to take notes quickly because we're going to go quickly through what we talked about last week and then we're going to go through the final points of the lesson that we did not get to go through uh, last week. So Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We said that the fifth tool in our bag that we need if we're going to discover our destiny is this thing of faith. This thing of faith, because it's something that's very important. It's essential. In fact, as we just read in Hebrews chapter 11, it's impossible to please God. And by the way, doing your, God's will in your life pleases God. So it's impossible to find God's will in your life without faith being a part of it. All right. We talked a little bit about this last week. We said there in your notes that God relates to us by faith. So in order to live the Christian life as God intended us to live it, we're going to have to have faith in our life. All right, We're going to have to have faith in our life because God relates to us by faith. Now, we learned this. We said that people say, show me and I'll believe, but God says, believe me and I'll show you. It's the complete opposite. We learned last week that faith is the complete opposite of how we want to live life. Uh, we don't have a desire naturally within us to say, I want to live life by faith. In fact, the very opposite is true. We want to live life by what we can see. Uh, we want to make sure that we can see what our investment's going to give us. We want to see our return. We, we naturally don't like to take risks. And a life of faith seems or feels like a, a, a life of risk. It isn't. But it feels that way. And the reason it feels that way is because God says, I want you to believe me first and then I'll show you. While naturally we want to see something happen before we believe it or before we follow it. And so we find that that uh, faith in your notes does not work by sight. It doesn't work by sight. So there's nothing that you can do uh, within your you know, your five senses that's going to really uh, help you live a life of faith, all right? Because faith is not lived by sight. We said faith doesn't work by sense. Uh, there's times when not only will God not show you where he's leading you to, but there are times in life, in your Christian life, in your Christian walk, where it seems like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, it just seems like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And we talked a little bit about that when you study different people in the Bible, whether it's um, Noah building an ark, doesn't make sense. Abraham, who had only one child that God had promised that he was going to uh, make, as, uh, make a nation out of him as the stars of heaven. And now God is saying, I want you to sacrifice your only son on the altar. Doesn't make sense. Uh, Joshua in the battle of Jericho when God says, I don't need you to go and tear down the wall, I just need you to walk around the wall, I'll do the tearing down. Doesn't make sense. And faith has that element to it. It has the element of not everything in faith, in a life of faith, makes sense. Yet God wants us to believe him, and then he'll show us. 
Now we said, why, we asked the question, why did God choose faith? Could he not have showed us and then we believe? It seems like it would be a whole lot easier. But we said the biggest reason for why God would choose for us to have faith or a faith-driven life instead of one that's guided by what we see is that God gets greater glory by faith. In other words, God says, there's more glory for me if you live a life by faith. You, you, you show that God is truthful. You prove that God is faithful. You prove that you don't have to believe, you don't have to see what God is doing in order to believe that God will do what he's promised to do. And, and that brings more glory to God. All right, if it, if it was something that uh, all you had to do was see it first and then believe it, then God would get very little glory. And I mentioned this last week. This is why the Bible says that there is greater in us of the faith-driven life than there is of angels. The Bible speaks more of us than it does of angels because the angels can understand faith. The angels have never lived by faith. The angels were created by God and they've seen God. They've seen God work. They serve God. They serve the throne of God. There's not a whole lot of faith. In fact, there's no faith that they need to know that God is truthful. This is what makes the devil so wicked. Is that the devil, seeing who God is, seeing him on his throne, decided that I will be like God. He said in his heart. I will sit on the throne. I will sit on the sides of the north. I will be on that throne with God. I want to be equal with God. And the Bible teaches us that the devil was an angel by the name of Lucifer, the, the angel, probably the highest angel, the angel that covered the glory of God. He was one that saw firsthand God's great glory. And yet even then did not believe, even then did not obey. And so we learn, by the way, that even if you could see everything, it doesn't guarantee that you would obey God. It doesn't mean that you would bring glory to God because Lucifer did not do it, seeing who God was. But a life of faith gives God greater glory than a life without faith. And that's why the Bible also says that we will judge angels. What angels are we going to judge? The Bible says the fallen angels, those that did not believe, those that did not follow after God, that did not obey. We call them today demons. These demonic angels, these fallen angels will be judged by us. God says, because you didn't see me and yet believe, you'll judge even the angels, those fallen and disobedient angels. So we find that God chose faith because he gets greater glory from it. God could have chosen to relate to us by sight. He easily could have done that, but he didn't. Uh, God purposely designed to hide himself and to relate to us by faith. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't merely because of sin. But this was a life that God chose for us. We were designed for this. And we find that through faith, we relate to God. And then we said this in the notes, God gives us intelligent faith, not blind faith. God never asks us to just believe blindly without any kind of proof, without any kind of security. God said, the security that you have that what I'm telling you is going to happen is this. God says, I never lied before. I'm not a liar. And because God is not a liar, because God is the author of truth, we can believe him. That's not blind. 
Because you can prove that. And over the time, over history, we have proven that God is true. In fact, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. If history has taught us anything, it's that man lies and God never does. If history has taught us anything, it's that man fails over and over, but God never fails. You say, faith is not something that God says, I want you to do it blindly. But he says, this is something that's intelligent. This is something that you can see. Something that is reasonable. So we find that faith is something that God has for us to follow him. Then we said God proves our faith after it is expressed. He proves our faith after it's expressed. And so it's so important for us to understand. You're not going to see that until you begin to believe God. And then lastly in your notes, we said last week, our faith fulfills God's eternal purpose. Your willingness to trust God without seeing Him or hearing Him will be a witness for God. It'll be a way in which God fulfills the eternal purpose for why you and I were created. So this is part, listen, this is part of how you're going to live out God's destiny for your life, God's will for your life. It happens through this thing we call faith. Why did God choose faith? Because He gets the greater glory. Because we can follow Him and prove to those around, those that are watching, that God is truthful, that God never lies, that God is faithful. Now, we ended last week where we'll begin this week, and that is asking the question, then, what is faith? What is faith? Well, there in your notes, I want you to notice, first of all, faith is not a force. You know, there's people that look at faith, and they look at the Christian life, and they look at God as if he is some force, some kind of like genie in our life that whenever we run into trouble, you rub the little lamp called God and God comes out and he says, oh, if you don't want to feel pain anymore, I'm going to take away all your pain. And people look at God as a genie. Oh, if you need more money, okay, rub that lamp. God will give you more money. But you know, that's not faith at all. In fact, that's not the Christian life at all. God never said that you would not have pain in life. Because if he did, then he would be lying. But the Bible never promises that there would be no pain in life. You know, I love that in in Psalm 91, that God says there, and I don't know, I think it's verse like 13 or something. He says, um, he will call upon me and I will answer him. And then it says, and I will be with him in trouble. God says, if you will believe, if you'll have a life of faith, you won't have, it's not that you won't have trouble. It's that in the time of trouble, I'll be with you. God promises his presence in our life during those times. In fact, that's when faith is needed most. So faith is not a force. Faith, faith is not something that is just kind of out there. No, it's something that's real. It's something that you can understand. And faith is simply, if you want to define it, trusting God. Faith is simply trusting God. That's all it is. Someone that lacks faith is just someone that doesn't trust God or doesn't believe God. It's either, it's really simple. The the Christian life's not that complicated. 
yet we can make it complicated, right? We, we get to situations in our lives where we become so self-centered that we begin to justify why we shouldn't believe God, right? We find ourselves in a home situation where uh, maybe mom and dad are getting a divorce and we find that we can start talking in ourselves into, well, you know, look the way they're living and look what mom and dad are doing. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not believing the Bible anymore. I'm not following that stuff anymore. It's okay that I listen to this. It's okay that I try this because, I mean, look, mom and dad are fighting. And suddenly, we're starting to justify our wrong kind of living. And it's not that we have a right or a good reason to live that way. It's just simply we don't believe God. And we, we say, well, the circumstances allow me to not trust God, to not believe God. So we lack faith. Then we find that not only is faith simply trusting God, but faith opposes human reasoning. It opposes human reasoning. Sometimes, as we've mentioned before, it just doesn't make sense. You see, it's, it's kind of like this. Faith is Joseph wrongfully put in prison or in jail but never turning his back on God. If anybody had a reason to do it, humanly speaking, it was Joseph, but he never turned his back on God, even when he went to prison. Faith is Paul and Silas in jail singing praises to God. Faith is Noah being ridiculed for building a gigantic boat when it had never rained before, but trusting that God was going to do what he said. Faith is Peter stepping out on the boat in the middle of a storm. The last place you want to be is on the water. But that's faith. Faith is three Hebrew young men, maybe teenagers, probably around y'all's age, maybe a little bit older, who knows. But these three Hebrew young men not bowing to a statue when everyone else was bowing. Not compromising in their life when everybody else was compromising. And I'm not talking about all the Babylonians. Because no one is surprised if a Babylonian was bowing down to a false god. They, they were brought up that way. That's who they, they believe. The compromising and the surprising was with all the other Jewish young men that were also bowing to that altar. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't going to bow to that altar. They weren't going to compromise in their life. Why? Because they had faith in their life. What is faith? Faith is simply trusting God. Faith is going opposed to human reasoning. It's not okay just because everybody is doing it that it's okay. No. Faith does not work that way. You see, faith requires circumstances that do not make sense. You know, it's real easy to follow God when everything's going right. It's easy to have faith when, you know, everything in school is going okay and your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend is good and things at church are going good, and, and there's nothing really uh, that's kind of out of whack at all, uh, then it's easy uh, to kind of have faith in God. But faith isn't proven in the times of life when things going smooth. Faith is proven in times of life when it gets difficult. When now something happens that kind of shakes your world a little bit, and now you've got to ask yourself, am I, am I going to trust God in this or am I not? 
You know, some of you guys are, you know, two years from graduating, three years from graduating. Can I say, now is the time to start making decisions about how you're going to live life. Right now is the time to make a decision, I'm going to be faithful or not. I, I can remember when I was your age. It seems like it was yesterday, and that was 18 years ago. And it, it seems like it was yesterday to me. Uh, but I remember, and, and, and my brother Jason's here, and, and he, can, he can witness to what I'm going to say is true. But I remember being 18 years old, and we were living in an apartment there in Clearwater, Florida, and, and he had to work on Wednesday nights, and my brother John had to work on Wednesday nights as they were paying through college and, and doing that. And, and, uh, and we had a vehicle, and, and driving to uh, the church that we were going to was about an hour and a half away. And yet every Wednesday, I made a decision as an 18-year-old young man to go, at youth, to go to youth every Wednesday night. In fact, an hour before youth at the church that I used to go to there in, at Providence Baptist Church, an hour before youth, they'd go to the nursing home and they would, they first, they, they, once a month they'd go to the nursing home and we'd visit with the nursing home uh, people there and we'd, we'd share uh, uh, the gospel with them. And then every other uh, uh, Wednesday, the other three in the month, we'd actually go door knocking one hour before youth. And I can tell you, one hour before youth even started, I was always there, and we would go out and we'd knock on doors and invite people to church. 18 years old. My parents were nowhere around. They were all the way here in Texas, 1,800 miles away. But I knew at that age, I had to start making some decisions in life. And you know what? My brother Jason couldn't take me to church. My brother John couldn't take me to church. And sometimes I would drive if we had a vehicle, but sometimes we couldn't. And so I would just ask people for rides. I remember a friend of mine, Paul Luttrell, still my friend today, went to college with him. He was one of my close friends in, in, in high school. And I, I asked Paul, Paul, can I go to your house? And I'd go and I'd stay at Paul's house. And sure enough, uh, you know, 30 minutes or an hour and a half before the service was going to start, I said, Paul, I got to get there for, for soul winning. Let's go. I mean, Paul would go an hour before. And we'd stay there after soul winning, go right, right into the, the service. Did that, I was 18 years old. But you know, it wasn't in Clearwater at the age of 18 that I made that decision. That's just where my decision had to be proved. Because there was nobody making me go to church. But I remember being 14 and 15 and making those kinds of decisions. When mom and dad were saying, hey, you need to be at church. And I would go, and, oh, I don't know if I want to be there. But I remember listening to preachers back then. There was a, 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 a man by the name of Pastor Fisher in San Diego, California. And I'd get his tapes and I'd listen to him. And, and, and Brother Doug Fisher was just, he, he's still a pastor there, still a great preacher. And I remember he would challenge me when I would hear his preaching. And I'd have to decide then and there, am I going to get up and I'm going to read my Bible? Am I going to take time in prayer? Man, I, I remember listening to tapes of Patch the Pirate when I was 14. There was one of Patch the Pirate Goes to the Jungle, and the main song there was, Here am I, Lord, send me. And I remember as a 14 and 15-year-old thinking, God, if you want me to go to the mission field, I'm ready to go. In fact, my first year in college, I thought that's where I was going. I thought God wanted me to go to Nicaragua as a missionary. And I said, God, if that's what you want, I'm willing to go. God had different plans for me. And that's where I think I'm here right now because of that. 
those decisions are made now in your life. Or some of you can start living your Christian life without any faith. And you can decide tonight that, you know what, it's really not that big of a deal and it's not really that important in your life. And, and you can say, I, I'm not going to do it because it doesn't make sense to me. And, and there's a lot more reasoning and the circumstances around me, you know, they, they allow me not to really have to exercise faith. And you can make that decision. And I can tell you of friends that 18 years ago did that in the youth group that I was in. I can point you to their Facebook page and I can show you how unhappy they are. Some of them already divorced. Some of them didn't even last five years in their marriage. Some of them have kids that they're kind of trying to figure out. They have blended families and, and life's not really fun for them. And their marriage isn't as joyful and as happy as my marriage is today. What happened? They thought they could go through life and find God's will for their life and live out their destiny without faith, but it's impossible to do that, young men. It's impossible to do that, young people. You gotta have faith. You see, faith is always rewarded by God. Faith is always rewarded by God. That's why there in verse number six of Hebrews 11, he said, it says you gotta believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now this evening, I want to ask one last question, and then we're going to answer it. How does God respond to faith? How does God respond to faith? Well, I want you to notice first, there you know, faith greatly pleases and delights God. One of God's responses is that he is delighted in it. Now, I don't know if you can ever think of a time in your life where you've been delighted. I don't know if maybe it was in a game. I don't know if it's been in a relationship. I don't know if maybe it's been in a friendship that you've had. But at some point, if you can think of a moment where you've just been delighted about that moment, like excited about it, like this was awesome. That kind of response from something you did, that's how God responds to our faith. He's pleased. He's delighted in it. Can I say secondly, God, uh, faith moves God into action in our lives. Another response of faith in our life is that God begins to move. He begins to respond. Now, even though God is not a genie that's going to grant us all that we wish, God says, I want you to bring your requests to me. One of my life verses is, Psalm 37, 4, that says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That's faith. That's faith that moves God into action and saying, God, this is what I want to do, but God, whatever your will is, I'd rather do that than what I want. And you'll see that God begins to move in your life. God begins to show himself mighty. Then I want you to notice another response of God, and that is faith allows God to do the impossible. When we have faith in our life, when we begin to live by faith, God begins to do what we think is impossible. I can share testimonies of people in our church that were married, and when they got married, they weren't saved, and suddenly the wife got saved, and she started praying for her husband. Most of y'all know, Hermana Cardenas, 
Now, Cardenas is probably taught most of you if you grew up in this church when you were three or four years old. She still teaches a three or four-year-old class. By the way, she was my teacher when I was like five or six. Just been faithful. But I, meant for, I remember for many years, 10 or 15 years, she was praying, God, would you save my husband? God, would you open his eyes? God, would he come to you for salvation? And for many years, it seems like God was not listening, like nothing was happening. But then one year he did. One year he came into a, message, uh, into a, a service and, and through the message of God, through the preaching of God's word, he made a decision for Christ. People might have thought it's impossible for him to leave that kind of life. It's impossible for him to ever get saved. But there he is. I can think of Brother Martinez, who's one of our deacons. If you don't know his testimony, his mom was saved for many years and, and she used to pray Pray for Eddie. Pray for Eddie. She used to tell the pastor of our church, my dad, uh, Pastor, would you pray for Eddie? You know he's my, one of my youngest sons. Would you just pray that he could get saved? Everybody thought he was hooked on drugs. He was hooked on alcohol. Man, it's impossible for him to get saved. But you know what? Faith, faith moves God to do the impossible. And today he's one of our deacons. Most of you know him. Most of you know his daughter. Sophia. How does that happen? By faith. By faith. Then I want you to notice lastly tonight, faith always brings God's best rewards. God, uh, faith always brings God's best rewards. Man, I, I don't know what it is that you want in life. I really don't, young people. I don't know if you feel like a million dollars is what you want to earn in life. I don't know what it is that you want to get in life. I don't know what rewards at the end. Maybe you want fame or recognition or I, I don't know. But can I tell you, whatever you feel like is going to be the most rewarding thing in life, if it doesn't include God, it's not the best. It's not. I've known men that set out to be millionaires and got there and were so unhappy. And I know men that became millionaires, but almost seems like by accident. It wasn't their priority. It wasn't what they wanted to do. It's just, they just wanted to follow God in their life. And God led them to this business. And, and they started this business by faith in God. And, and God began to bless their business. And then they're millionaires. And then they're billionaires. Hobby Lobby... Uh, I believe they, uh, they make over $8 billion a year. I don't know what the latest figures are. Over $8 billion. His name is Mr. Green. I, I want to say it's Steve Green, I think is his name. Owner of Hobby Lobby. Billionaire. But if you read his book, you'll find that his heart is for God. It's amazing the life of faith that he, he took. He, 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 in 1999, he, he made the decision that they were not going to be open on Sundays. And he said the first two years, they lost money. By, by the way, whenever you're losing money, it's hard to pay people to work for you. So they were going to have to lay people off. But instead of laying off, they just said, we're going to take some pay cuts, but we're going to trust that God is going to provide and they said in the third year, God began to bless them. And they've made more since closing on Sundays than before when they were opened on Sundays. 
you read the life of the owner of Chick-fil-A, same thing happened. You know, if it wasn't for the life of a man that was on the board for many years at Camp Loma de Vida, a businessman that just loved God and loved you guys even though he didn't even know who you are and he still probably doesn't know who you are. Yet he invested and invested and invested and he invested, not, I'm not talking about you know $15,000 or $50,000, I'm talking about over a million dollars into the camp. Just so some of you could experience that, just so some of you could hear the preaching of God's word, just so some of you could walk by faith and know what that means. If you were to ask him today, was it worth it? Is that reward that you're getting, is it worth it? Does it feel better than having a Mercedes? Does it feel better than having a nice big house? Does it feel better than having fame? And I can tell you, he'd say, yes, it does. He paid a lot of money to get the rallies in the valleys going. And every time he doesn't say, hey, what games did we have? Hey, how many... People showed up. He never even asked that. You know what he usually asks in those meetings that I'm told? I wasn't in those meetings, but you know what I'm told that he asks? He'd ask, how many got saved? How many people did we impact? You see, a life of faith understands that God's rewards are the best rewards. It's, it's better than what money can buy, young people. It's more fulfilling. It's more satisfying. I want to encourage you tonight. Live a life of faith. Live a life that's just trusting God. Remember, believing is seeing. People say, show me and I'll believe you. God says, believe me and I'll show you. Man, if I can encourage you to do something tonight, it would be this. Just live a life of faith. Don't be looking about what everybody else is doing. Don't be gauging yourself by them. Just ask yourself tonight, am I living a life of faith? And choose tonight, if you're not, to live that life. Let's pray.